because there is a very much need and desire that we're living in for people to understand, praise the Lord. Um, most of you know, I, I just built a brand new home. Started last year. It's going to be a year um, in April when I dug the footer and, um, you know, I had to put, uh, the footer has to be so much deep, 24 inches under the, the, the ground, and then it has to be at least 10 inches thick, and you got to have two rods of rebar, and you know, and then you got to have them tied down, and then you got to have step downs, and you know, so you tie it all together. Praise the Lord, and because um, there's no sense in praise the Lord building a nice home if you don't build it right. Amen. And the beginning point, the starting point, is the most important point. And that's where we're, I think a lot of people's, you know, messing up. Um, because the starting point, praise the Lord, amen, we understand that Jesus Christ is that starting point. He's the chief cornerstone. But um, what we're going to talk to you about tonight is when your foundation matters, the foundation that that of our our salvation it matters amen the structure of it amen it how we emphasize it and put so much praise the lord um you know more emphasis on amen the the, the structure of the foundation amen there's so many people praise the lord amen and, and let me say this and, and 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 i'm i don't want to be offensive praise the lord to know that we're going to be on um, social media, but this this damnable doctrine, praise the Lord, that just says uh, uh, just accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. You're, there's no foundation. You can't accept Him until you change. You you've got to repent. Repentance is one of the foundational, praise God, structure. Amen. And people are not repenting today. Listen, I'm going to say this. Good old, found, good old repentance works better, praise the Lord, than, than, than I've seen a lot of people claim that they got the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, so that's what we're going to talk to you about, amen, uh, is the foundation Praise the Lord. All right, praise God. In um, Psalms 11 and 3, Psalms 11 and 3, I didn't give Brother Gary uh, nothing because we didn't know which one was going to. Because I, I figured we'd have a skeleton crew tonight. Amen. And, and uh, so, um, the Psalms 11 and 3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Ezra 6 and 3 said, in the first year of Cyrus the king, came Cyrus the king and made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be built, the place where they offer sacrifice, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. 
even back in the Bible days, praise God, they realized that, they, that you had to start with a foundation and it had to be structurally strong. Amen? The height thereof, three score cubics, and the breadth thereof, three score cubics, with three rows of great stone and a row of new timber, let the spensive be given out of the king's house. And also let all the golden and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple, which is at Jerusalem, be brought unto Babylon, be restored and brought again unto the temple, which is at Jerusalem. Everyone to his place and place them in the house of God. Let me say this. If we don't put more emphasis on the, the starting point of our walk with God. And I know we say, well, it's not the, the beginning that really matters. It's the ending. And let's go back and let's say this again. If you don't start right, you're not going to finish right. If you start and you do what according to the word of God, amen, and you, you start the building firm and structure right first, You'll have a house, praise God, in a temple for the Lord to live in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You, you know, like I said, I, uh, I hope that I went overkill. You, what, that, what I'm saying is I went a little extra uh, on my home because it didn't really have to, but I built two by six walls to hold up the structure of the upstairs. And then I, I put... Um, extra pillars, praise God, in the, in, underneath, praise the Lord, because of the load burn, everything binding together, plumbed down to the foundation. Amen. And then I put two uh, 11 and, and uh, 7 eighths eye joists side by side where them two by six walls were set at. Because I wanted to not to, you know, give, not to swag, not to Praise God, bend or break or, or have problems, praise God, amen, because I wanted to, you know, to make sure to carry the load, all right? That's what the foundation is. This is the meaning of the foundation. It's the main load-bearing part of the building or structure. Foundation is the main load-bearing part of a building or structure. It holds everything up. It supports everything. And there's people today, churches today, praise God, that don't have the right foundation. And without that strong foundation, praise the Lord, amen, that's the reason they're crumbling. That's the reason they're falling. That's the reason, praise God, amen, they have nothing to, as my daughter even talked about, she didn't even know what really what we was going to talk about tonight, talking about, praise God, anchored. I'm going to tell you something, praise God, when you're anchored to a strong structure, praise God, I don't care what comes you go. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I, I will say this. Praise God. Building my house, they're getting where they, they want to make you uh, start putting more uh, metal in it. You know, you're almost in some walls there. You got to cut a, uh, be it, you know, part out and put a metal uh, brace in. And then you got to turn around and put. Now, listen, now I don't, they need to change these because the name don't sound right. Hurricane clips. We don't have a hurricane around here. We have tornadoes, and the tornado come, praise God, there ain't no hurricane clip works. <laughs> Amen. But 
still, they, you know, they've learned and people getting aggravated and people's getting frustrated, praise God. They're saying, well, this is my property. I, I, I want you to understand, praise the Lord, that I'll build my house where I want to. Hallelujah. And then they turn around and want to put, you know, uh, uh, so many uh, thousands and hundred thousand dollars of insurance on that property. And then when something happens, praise God, they want to turn to the insurance and the insurance say, oh, no, 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 no. Show me, praise God, where you got inspected. Show me, praise God, that it's, it went by the building code. Yeah, come on. And the insurance is saying, I'm not paying for it because it's not built correct. Ooh, Lord, have mercy. Come on. And that's the reason, praise God, today it, it, it is very, praise God, important, amen, on starting the foundation right. The, when the foundation matters, praise God, hallelujah, amen, we've got to get it right first. And when we get it right, I promise you everything else will fall in place. It'll work. It'll stand. Praise the Lord. The starting point is your main point. And it is your strongest point. I've seen so many people come in here, praise the Lord, amen, not, never really truly repent. And they only last for a little while. And you, you, they, they wonder, well, listen, I'm going to tell you, when you want this thing to last, and, and the pastor's getting ready to briefly talk about, praise God, the next scripture, a little bit on about it, Amen. Because if we don't build it correctly and don't start correctly, don't we don't really repent. What's the what's repentance mean? It's a turning away from. You don't turn the whole three hundred sixty degrees, you only turn hundred and eighty. You walk away from the way you was going. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so that's the problem, praise God, we're having. Even the open scripture that I read to you, if the foundations be destroyed, where will, what will the righteous do? Amen. We've got to get the foundation right. We've got to get our structure, praise the Lord. Amen. And don't put so much... Uh, I mean, I wished after I'd done everything, I said, man, I, maybe I should have done this. Maybe I should have done that. There's always more that you, you listen, we, we want to counter costs and say, well, I've already spent so much. Hey, you can't spend enough to start on the foundation. Man, I don't know what the building codes. We've got a, a building inspector, amen, here in our church. Praise God, Brother Joel. He specs houses and buildings and uh, structure every day. Amen. And I'm sure there's some out there that tries to be um, count the cost and try to do it is the minimum that they can. Amen. Just to get by. That's what people want today, ain't it? They they do it to the bare minimum, praise God. And amen. Well, that that's good enough. No, it's not. No, not. You get this right, I promise you, praise the Lord, and you get repentance right, and you get Jesus' name right, praise God. You start, praise God, with him being the center of your life, the chief cornerstone of your life. Amen. I promise you, everything else will mark up, line up. And, you know, it's, this is the point. How many, 
How many builders we got in here? Not very many. Not very many. Okay. How many's ever built anything and it be out of square? Sister Christine and her husband does construction. Can I say something? It it pays to get it in square. Because if you don't get it in square, you fight it all the way to the finish of the job. Never forget me and Brother Brad Giffen was building a, a, um, a big addition on this man's house. And he hunted and hunted and hunted and for a, a block layer and couldn't find one. Find this guy. Say, hey, I know this guy, and he can lay blocks, and he's a good block layer, and everything. he can do it. Uh, he probably get right on it. So we called him. Yeah. Well, he come to do it, and Brad said, "Listen, uh, I'll square it up for you." He said, "Oh no, no, I'll get it. I'll take care of it." I mean, it was just. I think it was a sixteen by twenty four addition on the back of you know side of the house. Just and wasn't that bad, but it was about you know uh, I think it was about maybe six eight blocks high. It's pretty high. And when me and Brother Brad went to start working on it, we, he walked back and looked, and you could see the, the building was. He called the block layer, and he said, hey, man. He said, I thought you squared this up. He said, oh, yeah. He said, well, how would you square it up? Oh, I just pulled a string down to here and, and put a level. And he said, you didn't pull a diagonal. You didn't. He said, man, you, I've got two foot footer and you're using an eight-inch block. He said, had plenty of room. Get it? He, he said, oh, no. He said, man, this thing is four inches out of square. He said, I am not building this to on this house. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to tear it down and start all over. Man, I can't afford that. He said, you're the one told me you can square it up. See, it's what it is the pastor sometimes. The pastor turned around and said, all right, can you handle it? Oh, yeah, pastor, I can handle it. Dab it here and dab it there and do it, you know. And then when they start falling and having problems and chaos and drama in their life, you know, you're thinking, I wish I'd listen to you, pastor. You know what? how many times I've heard that since I've been pastoring for 18 years? This week. <laughs> How many times has he heard it this week? Amen. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says, Therefore whosoever heareth these things of mine, sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will like him, liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Had the foundation right, had a firm foundation. Verse 26, everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, excuse me, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Amen. You know the whole 
We're talking about foundations. The whole foundation of this passage here is obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken. Sister Bonnie, you said hearken. Amen. We, like you already said, Pastor, we want to bypass the little things that we think are not that important. The foundation. And, you know, God has just been dealing with me this whole service. And I don't want to chase a rabbit, but I feel like it goes with this. It really would have gone with our other one, too. But I feel like it goes with this about the foundation. You know, I'm really glad, that Pastor, that you obeyed God and and you got Brother William, Brother Christian, Brother David to testify. Sister Connie, yes. Amen. Because... I just felt just such an overwhelming sense of thankfulness up here worshiping God. And, you know, Pastor, really, but at the same time, I felt uh, a heaviness, a burden, and just a sadness for all the people who have forgotten. Because Brother William, Sister Connie... Brother David, Brother Christian's not in here right now. But y'all three are still, we don't want to call you babies, but that's not a derogatory statement. You're still new. And But how many of us remember when we were having that first experience with God? And it was that foundation that we were getting laid upon, getting built upon. And we were so thankful for everything that, Pastor, that you said, what did you say? You said it seems small to some people. But now, and, and the, word of the, the word of the day, the word of this age and this generation is entitlement. I'm telling you, you see it everywhere. You see it at the grocery store. You see it at the restaurant. You see it especially in the workforce. Entitlement. People harping about needing to raise when they haven't worked there a full year. They are so much harder workers and they deserve so much more money. Entitlement. They want things handed to them before they put the time and put the work in. Amen. We have forgotten how thankful we used to be for the quote unquote small things. And God forgive me when I've come through and and I take for granted the fact that I've been, that I, yeah, I've not always been perfect, but I was raised on an apostolic pew. And now, 35 plus years later, we can become so entitled and take things so for granted. And the things that we should be standing up giving thanks for, like Brother David, like Brother Christian, like Brother William, Sister Connie, all these things that we should be standing up and we should be testifying about. Because the Bible says, give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God concerning Christ Jesus. Amen. We've forgotten why. Because we are so distracted by that quote-unquote big thing that we just can't get our eyes off of that we're just so befuddled by. Consumed. That's a better word, befuddled. I don't know where that came from. We're consumed with it. And we can't think just to give God praise because he woke us up. We can't think that this thing that's consuming us, Brother Gary, it doesn't even matter because I have the truth. 
Hey, if you're struggling with peace, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anxiety, you know what the Bible says? No greater peace than what? Just knowing that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You want to have peace? Peace is living right. This is our foundation. Righteousness is our foundation. Holiness is our foundation. Amen. Get your eyes off of that thing that's consuming you. Your finances are horrible. Your bills are late. Amen. Whatever is going on in your world, that's not the foundation. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. Amen. And he has got you exactly where he wants you and knows exactly where you are. Amen. It ain't his fault. You're in your position. It ain't his fault. Amen. But guess what? Even if he is allowing you to go through it. Amen. I thank him anyway, Sister Lana. I thank him anyway. Amen. You talked. Somebody, did somebody say something about valleys? I don't know if they did. I feel like somebody in the service said something about valleys. I don't know. Amen. But for some reason, the word valley, amen, came to my mind. You know, we always want to quote the scripture, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We want to talk about our valley, and we want to talk about how our valley, amen, is, is the trials. And our valley is, you know, the tribulations and maybe the temptations that we go through and the hard times that we go through. Amen. And then we compare the mountaintop to when we're doing good and we got money in the bank and we're feeling good and our bodies are are well and our families in church and all that great stuff amen but you know in the valley brother chuck is where god teaches us about that foundation amen in the valley and i'm pretty supposed to be bible study am i supposed to be preaching lord help me amen in the valley is when amen god can put you through a trial and you can remain faithful through your trial and at the end you can come out what pure as gold because you passed the test of the valley amen but in the valley, you can bend down and you can get sustenance, amen, from the water, that fresh, cold, amen, mountain water. Yeah, you know what? What happens? It flows from the top of that mountain where the good times are all the way down. <laughs> we got to have a valley to get rid of the impurities in our life. Amen. If we constantly lived on a mountaintop, amen, we would be nothing but even more entitled Thinking that, you know, there's no wrong that we can do. We deserve absolutely everything. But when I'm in the valley in my body, I, amen, might not be as healthy as it needs to. I can say, thank you, Lord, because your word says by your stripes we were healed. In the valley, I received my healing. In the valley, I, I received my provision. In the valley, I received, amen, when I had a barren womb, I received the promise of my child. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. It's just a shadow. It's just something that wants to overwhelm you and, and, and give you a fear and give you an anxiety. Amen. It's a shadow that we need to cast behind us. Amen. But we have to say, Lord, thank you for the valley. Amen. Because I can't reach the mountaintop until I walk through the valley. I got to go. Sister Alice, I got to give thanks and everything i got to give thanks in everything. God has blown my mind. He has blown my mind. We don't deserve the blessings that he gives us. Amen. And I was just almost in tears tonight because there are people 
people, amen, in our church that are taking so for granted, uh, amen, just the small blessings that we used to get up and be so excited about. When Jesus is just saying, hey, I've given you the answer. The answer is right here. I've given you joy for today. What does he say? I've loaded you up daily with my benefits. The benefit is there today, but you have to open up your eyes long enough to be able to see, oh, thank you, Lord. There's my benefit today. There's my blessing today. You know, sometimes you might not see. We're all looking for that big physical thing, you know, that pretty uh, package that's wrapped with a pretty bow, uh, amen, with our financial blessing or our healing or this or that. Amen. Sometimes, amen, your benefit for that day is the scripture that gives you your answer. Sometimes your benefit for that day is a pastor or a pastor's wife, amen, that can send you a message and encourage you. And sometimes uh, your benefit for the day is a rebuke. When the pastor has to say something, amen, and everybody gets this wrong idea of us pastors because, oh, yeah, we can be quote-unquote hard, uh, and they think, well, they just like to rebuke, and they just like to be hard. Uh, no, I don't like to rebuke, and I don't like to be hard, uh, amen, but I do like to warn you when I see that you're going astray because there are wolves out there, and there are lions out there, and there are things, uh, amen, that, that are out there that are going to get you in trouble, and they're going to take you so much further. So much further than you want to go. Amen. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Our foundation, hey, we need to get, we need to renew and restore our foundation of thanksgiving. Amen. Yes, pastor. I spent, I'm telling you, I did not realize how many, how many loads of clothes Sister Katie had given us of baby clothes. I thought it was like three sacks, and then I kept on picking up a sack, and there's another sack, and there's another sack. I spent like eight hours washing baby clothes. <laughs> Amen. They've been out there how long for like two years? They've been out there for a long time, and I've been trying to make some room in my garage, but I finally said, I'm going to do these clothes, and I told her, I said, yeah, I'm going to make room in my garage, but guess what? This, just, this will bring us just one step closer. Amen. We have that baby. If it's a little boy, hey, all we got to do is go get those clothes out. It's already folded. It's already clean. Amen. In your valley, foundation is discipline. Foundation is preparation. Foundation is vision. Foundation is sitting down, amen, and having a plan. Amen. And quit flying by the seat of your pants. Amen. Why is your money disappearing? Because you have no idea where it's going. Because you're not making a plan for it. We're contemplating, y'all. Some of y'all have heard you, Sister Tracy, put it on the uh, the group messages. We're contemplating building an addition. Pastor has already spent, I can imagine, hours. He's already sent us two or three different little plans. And there's hundreds you could probably draw up. Amen. But pastor, you wouldn't just show up to our house with your tools and with some two by fours and, and some plywood and sheetrock and whatever else you need and just say, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. Let's just start doing it. Where do you want to start? No, he's going to have a plan. He's going to have a blueprint. We, we're going to know exactly the square footage of everything in our home. Amen. Because the foundation has to be right. You have to, like you said, you had to have everything level. It has to be in square. Amen. I didn't mean to get on that long tangent. Foundation. 
Foundation is obedience. When the man knew that if he didn't build a house on the rock, amen, it means when, when the storms of life came through. See, this is what happens when we don't learn at an early age, when we are babies in the Lord, to be thankful. You know what happens? Our house doesn't get built on that rock, and then you know, disappointment comes. And because we didn't learn to be thankful from the beginning, that house built on the sand is going to blow over. Amen. And we don't get, when we don't get it right at the very beginning, that friend or that so-called whatever is going to talk about you, and, and then you're going to get hurt, and you're going to get offended. Why? Because you didn't get a foundation of thanksgiving to begin with. But when you, when you say, Lord, I'm going to obey, I'm going to build a strong foundation, I'm going to build on the rock, Amen. Things are going to happen. Life's going to come. Disappointments are going to happen. Amen. And you could be like Job when, when the devil torments you because Jesus allowed him to and you lose everything except for your wife and except for your life. You can, say, you can still say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but still blessed be the name of the Lord. Because why? You got your foundation right. You got it built on a firm, a rock. But if you're built on the sand because of a lack of disobedience, you know what it is? It's slothfulness. There's so much. We can, we can talk for hours just on this one story. The, the man who built it on the sand. It's not because he didn't know what to do. It's because he was trying to take shortcuts. He was trying to, well, I can do it for less money. I can do it by compromising. I can do it, yes, not being as dedicated, not being as consecrated. I can do it with less holiness. Oh, my God, I can go on forever. I better stop. <laughs> Good job. First um, Kings 7 and 9. And these were costly stones. Uh, hold on just a second. Sorry. Sorry. He's, yeah. Uh, where'd it go? Okay. And these were costly of stones. And these were all of, excuse me, of costly stones, according to the measures of huge stones, sawed with with saws within and and without. So they were very meticulously made, even from the foundation and unto the coping, and so on the outside toward the great court. Um, and the foundation was of costly stones, and even great stones, stones of ten cubits and stones of eight cubits. Everything on the foundation, everything. God is, and the thing is, it's crazy. Anything you see in nature, God is so specific on everything. So if he is so specific, I think if he's that intentional, he's probably expects it of us towards him to be mindful of him. Isaiah 28 and 16 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a There you go. A tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. You ain't going to make haste. If you really believe in that foundation, you're not going to make haste to jump from here to there and make foolish decisions. Um, I, I don't know if you have this or not to go with it. But the scripture, it's Matthew 21 and 44, and it says, Whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, on whomsoever it shall fall will grind him to powder. See, order matters. When you fall on, what is he? He's our chief cornerstone. When you fall upon him, even if you're broken, he's going to put you exactly where he wants you. 
Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It says, and here's Amplified, and he who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. So the, the, the thing is, people get so, so mixed up when they come into God, they, they think they have to be perfect. That's not what it's about. It's about falling on him and allowing him to carry you. Your life is no longer your own, but you're built upon him. So your life you had before breaks to pieces. You're no longer that sinner, that uh, full of hatred and bitterness and all this stuff. And poof, when you fall on him and he makes it new, um, shall be broken, but whomsoever shall fall. See, and then when you try to do your own will, your own things, you don't want a foundation. You don't want to be submitted to the word of God. You don't want that. You refuse that. Eventually, this is what it says, but whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Uh, another translation says, and, and be crushed to powder, and it will winnow him, scattering him like dust. So if we don't learn how to build our lives upon his foundation, the word, the word in prayer, yes, prayer is our communication to him. We come to him, that's our first sign of it, of turning around, that's us submitting ourselves to him now how we actually have a relationship with him and he speaks to us is through his word it says uh that uh, he honors his word above his name so really in order to even say in jesus name you really need to know his word so um anyways but so if you don't build everything upon him being the chief cornerstone and you refuse that instruction at some point it will grind you to powder. Um, is this what you're talking about? Okay, uh, consider the cost of the verse. Luke 14 and 28 through 30. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Less happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish it. And, you know, that's what he was talking about, having a plan, even down to your salvation. If you don't pray and get that wisdom from God, plan of salvation. that's right. We call it the plan of salvation because it is a plan. In fact, that scripture says that the lamb was slain from the what? Foundations, Foundations of, the, of the world. So God has a plan all the way from the very beginning. And when we think we know better than him and we don't consider him in our plans, basically, there ain't nothing going to happen. Like I said, we're going to be mocked. You know when you're going to fall? When you try to do it yourself. You know when you're going to stumble? When you're going to um, fight things? Is when you take your eyes off that foundation. Because I've been with Dad. Me and Dad, what's that thing we used at Huckleberry whenever I had to go out so many feet, set something down? And then you would walk and then transit, remember, when we were measuring off? It, we're not, I mean, I know it's kind of off, not really about a foundation, but we still used it for a foundation. But when we were measuring off so many feet, you know, he would say, stay still. Stay still. Don't move. Nope, move it just a little bit this way. He would get so frustrated at me. I was like 13. He would come over there and be like, he'd be like, Tracy Michelle, don't move. And so finally he had to come over there and do it himself because he knew it had to be done Right, down to the very centimeter, it had to be done right. 
um, I would just found this addition. I've been like, well, can't we do it like this? Can't we do it like that? He's like, Tracy, you have to have it done structurally right. You can't just do what you want to do. And I trust him on that, okay? Of course I, I like, I'm like, okay, well, just explain to me. Okay, we're good after that. But that's how people are when you come in. I have been praying for this church. My prayer every day is God establish them in truth. Establish them in truth. Because without that establishment, that is the foundation. Plant. I don't want y'all to be shallow Christians. I want you to have deep roots that go down so deep that no matter what comes, no matter what comes, you're anchored in him. Yes, he is our anchor. Because I mean, if, you, if you've seen anything to do with ships and boats and all this junk, they use the anchor, all these cruise ships. I'm not going on one. <laughs> but I, I see all these. I have, like, a fear of, like, drowning. It's silly. But when you see them, they're huge, and their anchors are huge. No matter how big that anchor is, because it's, it's not on a firm foundation. I mean, the ocean's like, you know, <laughs> that's not on a firm foundation. That bothers me. I could get, I would probably get seasick, knowing me. I get car sick and everything else sick. But yeah, so that bothers me. So us as 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 Christians, we're never called to do that. We were never called to um, be like ships and sail here and there and have no anchor and no foundation. Yes, it was to say, be no more like children, tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine. We're supposed to know, and we're supposed to not only know, but see, there's a difference. I'm going to read this. I forgot about it. I need to read it real quick. I'm sorry. I love this. It's not how much Scripture you know. It's how much Scripture you live. See, there's a difference when you know something and you don't. What you do, it's who you are. How many knows Brother Nier saying, it's not what you do, it's who you are. (laughs) That's right. But it's a difference when you love it. And that's what I pray for our church. God, give them a love for truth. Establish them in truth. Because, hey, that's all you need. God is not a respecter of person. If you obey the truth and you love it more than anything, guess what's going to happen? Anything is possible in your life. With your ministry, with your family, it doesn't matter. That's the only key. That's all you have to do. That's good. I'm going to explain something to you before I read this next passage of Scripture. Because... um, as in getting her, I drawed up a blueprint for, you know, and the way her roof line was. And so I just couldn't build it, just to throw it in there. It had to be built to make it look right. And you'd always project it to the point where you, if you want to sell it, it could be more presentable to sell later. You don't, you know. And so um, it was just wasn't working out. So I've had to change it, rearrange it, and everything. Well, then I turned around and built the whole roof. Um, to not have it uh, bigger or, or, or standing higher than a house or anything with a big pitch. So I, I built it with a hip, hip roof and trying to work it all out with a hip roof. And I was telling her about it and everything. And then I told her, I said, well, we can't start it yet because I got to meet the electrical man out there. And then I've got to meet, you know, I talked to Brother Brad Giffen about the plumbing. Then, you know, and then I have to meet the building inspector out there. Then I've already talked to Brother Joy about the heat and air, you know, because I, I don't have my license in heat and air. I don't have my license in electrical, and I don't have my license in plumbing. And even though I can do them, and do them by code, 
but I don't have my license. Boys could really preach. Because, you know, there's a lot of preachers, praise the Lord. Listen, when this man inspects something, every place that he goes, it can't be favoritism. He's got to inspect things by what the book says. Amen. So I'm trying to, to adjust everything and fix everything and make sure I told so you can't start, can't do anything until we get all the okays. And this is the problem. This is the problem with even people today. They don't really want a foundation, and they'll come here to this church for a while, and they'll leave and go to another one. Well, that pastor, he'll expect me a, a little less. Then the church on the other side of town, and, 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 and then there's a little more less. When in the long run, we're going by the blueprint book. Amen. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians 3 and 9 says, We are all labors together with God. We are God's husbandry. We are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. It's Apostle Paul saying, I'm a master builder. I have laid the foundation. Another man Build their own, but let every man take heed how he built their own. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. But if any man build upon the foundation, look at this, not spiritual things, but carnal things, temporal things, earthly things. It says gold. Well, gold is very precious. It is, but it's still carnal. It's still temporary. Silver, it's still temporary. Or precious stone, wood, hay, or stubble. For every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall make um, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. Tribulations, persecution, everything we go through. But when the foundation's right and you do it right according to the word of God, amen, this is the only blueprint we have is the word of God. And how in the world can people, praise God, have their own private interpretation, their own viewpoints, their own ideals? How can they say, well, uh, we don't have to go to church. We don't have to baptize in Jesus' name. Well, the Matthew... 2819 says, Brother Chuck, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Amen. Goes right into it. Know you not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. How do you file that? That's not by going out and sinning and committing adultery. I'm, you defile it by not obeying the scriptures. You defile it when you want to build it by your own will and way. You hear me? When you compromise, praise God, scriptures, amen, and not add what God wants you to add and do and what take away, that's when you defile your temple. Man, hello, 
Praise the Lord. Same. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm having a problem with gallbladder. I ate chili today. My wife made some good chili. She's always a good chili cook. Good chili. But guess what? It ain't too good with my gallbladder. Amen. I defiled my gallbladder because I really wanted chili. Amen. We defile our prayer life because we don't want to pray. Because we find other time on social media or other things. And we know that if we pray every day, a family that prays together, what is it you're saying? Stays together. Man, I've always said this, and I believe it 100%. Totally true. You show me somebody that has a fervent prayer life every day, I'll show you somebody that's still living for God. Storm's going to come. Trial's going to come. Tribulation. Everything's going to try them. Praise God. But you know what? They're going to keep standing. Amen? But when we defile our temple of God is when we don't obey his scripture. We don't apply the scripture. We don't obey, praise God, the principles. Amen. And I'm going to be honest with you. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know that a pastor's got right, praise God, to, to put ordinances and uh, even to uh, principles in, in the church too. He's the one that sets the boundary lines. Amen. Uh, I'm going to say this. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like it. I'm not saying that, it, 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 you know, everybody says, well, Brother Orton, what do you see so wrong about going to the gym and work out? Well, I don't see anything wrong with you working out. But I see wrong in you going to the gym working out when there's women that dress ungodly and even men and men. So I could say, uh, I think it would be wrong. And if I say that's wrong, you ought to say, I'm not going to defile what the pastor has made right in my life. Because he cares more about my soul and don't want my soul to go to hell. Amen. Brother Timmy, I ain't going to use Brother Timmy. Sorry, Brother Timmy. Your, your wife is right there just, just to grab your neck, and, 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 and I'll use somebody else. Brother Joel, now, being the business guy that you are and you're going and everything, if you was to go into a store and stopped every morning in this store and this worldly young lady worked there and she constantly looked at you and, Start asking some questions, trying to get acquainted with you a little bit. What would you have to do? Uh, that's it. The what? Oh, yeah, I know that. And no, I believe we could take care of ourselves. I told my wife the other day, we was pulling up to the stoplight there and... and you know, from Maine and, and uh, um, Center Street. And here it is, this little bitty old young girl, chick, whatever. I mean, they, they got to dress ungodly. I'm thinking, 
Why did she have to jog down the center street of Madisonville instead of just jogging maybe if she lives in the country or jogging somewhere, go somewhere else properly? It ain't that they're fitness. They're wanting to, to draw attention. Yeah. Yeah. The last time Brother Near was in, or not the, one of the last times, it's been a while back, he went to work out at that place, and he said when he went in there, he said the first thing he started fighting and feeling was a spirit of witchcraft. He said, and he started praying. He said, and finally, man, it was so strong. He said, he turned around, and this woman was staring at him and almost like starting to quit her teeth. He said, I looked at her, and he said, yep, I know there's a witch in here. You don't know the spirits. There he is. That's the reason you got to understand, praise God, if you don't keep your, your foundation strong, you better listen to your pastor. And if your pastor says, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't watch that. Don't have that. You know what you ought to do? You ought to say, if that's going to keep me, praise God, safe and anchored to the, praise the Lord, hallelujah, to the foundation, I'm going to do it. It's not worth it. Amen? And, and, and listen, I'm telling you, I'll say this other day. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you. I am a pastor. My God, I hope that I pray more than everybody here. I hope so. Because I carry the burden, praise God, of everybody. I mean, the pastor team. But I'm going to be honest with you and tell you. I'm still human. All right? Don't tell me, praise God, that you're stronger than me. Well, I can watch it. I can have it. I can do it. I can go there. and It's all right. We'll find out after you've been burnt for a while, praise God, and you suffer loss. Amen? Because we are the temple of God. We don't want to defile the temple of God. Hello? And defiling, praise God, the temple is when you don't obey the scriptures. You don't obey the principles. Amen? For him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which you are. We've got to understand, praise God, amen, that God... Apostle Paul, the Bible said we're founded upon the, what? The apostles and the prophets. And Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. He's already got it squared. He's already got it laid out. All we got to do, praise God, is build from there. And I promise you, it, it will be tested. It will be tried. But you know what? It'll still stand. It'll hold on in the end, praise God, if you're anchored to something. Hello? Come on. Praise God. You've got to be anchored to something. Hallelujah. Amen. That's like, praise God, Brother um, William's truck. Got it jacked up. Got some bigger tars on it and everything. Amen. And if he pulls up and there's a man with a, uh, a, a vehicle off in the ditch, and he pulls up and this other guy pulls up in the Datsun, two-wheel drive, and says, and both of them say, hey, man, would you like to have a pull? Which one do you think would be more wiser and say, all right. The one that knows, praise the Lord, that it's big enough and powerful enough to pull it out. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's wise. When you want to be a wise man, amen, you're going to start obeying the scripture. You're going to, you're going to get you a prayer life. 
there's, there's, we could stay on that for an hour, I guess. You're going to get you a prayer life. Amen? Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. When you start getting you a prayer life, I promise you, you uh, pastor will see, everybody will see, praise the Lord, that you'll get secured. You'll start feeling just like I told my pastor, praise God. I told him, I said, he said, how do you feel under my ministry? I looked at him and almost with tears and broken. I said, I've never felt this way. I feel safe and secure. I feel like I'm, I'm covered, protected. And like you always said, rebuke me if I need it, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Pastor, I already quoted some of these, but I want to read them real quick. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, the same thing that Jesus taught them. And the, yes, the same message that he taught them and the message that was given in Acts 2.38 to the apostles. That is our foundation. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Amen. We should be striving for more holiness every day. And it's not just our outward appearance. That's part of it. Amen. But it doesn't mean you're getting up every day saying, you know, how much more clothes can I wear today? It's not just it's not just that. It's how much closer can I draw to God today? How much more of a relationship can I have with him today? How much more can I uh, pray so I can hear his voice and discern and make wise decisions? Uh, Verse 22, in whom he also are builded together for an habitation of God through the spirit. So listen to this. Yes, we have to have a foundation for us, because without it, you're not going to make it. But what does it say? We're building together for a habitation of God, excuse me, through the Spirit. In other words, we're building this foundation, and we're building a dwelling place for Him. He what? He inhabits the praises of of his people. He lives within the praises of his people. And you need to ask yourself this what is a habitation? A habitation is a dwelling. It could be the Garden of Eden. It was it was a habitation. It had everything that Adam and Eve needed. It had all the food, all the sustenance. They didn't have, that was before the curse, before sin, so they didn't have to work for it. It was right there at their fingertips. But Adam was still charged with being a keeper of that garden. So we need to ask ourselves, if we're supposed to be building this foundation and we're supposed to be building a dwelling place for God through the Spirit, what's in my dwelling place that he wouldn't come in and be a part of? What's in that habitation that, that he wouldn't be pleased with? If you're watching things, would, would he sit there and spend that time watching it? Would he... Uh, would he, would he listen to the, the gossip or the things on the radio? or We can go on and on and on, the uh, social media. We're building this, like I said, yes, to draw closer to him through the Spirit. But 
He wants to come and he wants to dwell with us, abide with us. And just like he, he wanted to walk with Adam in the garden, he wants to walk with us. But sin separates us from God. And, you know, sometimes we like to, we like to say, we don't like to say, but we say, well, I just feel so um, alone or lonely or I just feel so uh, secluded or uh, kicked out or left out or there's another words I'm looking for, but my mind's on a blank right now. Y'all get the picture. Amen. Because why? We're, that feeling of hopelessness draws in. Because there's sin somewhere and it's separating you from God. God can't enter that dwelling place because you've put something in it that's not holy and and God is is perfect and holy and he cannot enter into something that has sin in it. Amen. And we could talk about faithfulness. Amen. I don't feel like we talk about faithfulness enough. People take, I talked about it earlier, people take the presence of God, the house of God, the saints of God. What did Hebrew or Ephesians uh, 2.19? No more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. We should be happier and more proud Amen. To be fellow citizens with the body of Christ. And it should be a joy to come together, not just in the presence of God and to worship God, but with every one of you citizens. Amen. The saints of God. Not to bicker, not to fight, not to gossip about, not to, he said this, she said this, you know, hold feelings against, but you're, we're citizens, fellow citizens with each other. We're not strangers, the Bible says. We're not foreigners. Amen. Fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. We're all part of the same household. Amen. But what draws us away from the household, amen, is when we begin to be unfaithful. Because we miss just one service away from God, the presence of God, away from uh, the citizens. Amen. Our household, the body. Then it becomes easier to miss two services. And then before we know it, you know, we might be at church once a week, once a month, et cetera, et cetera. And the excuses get bigger and bigger and bigger and so much easier. They might not even be a, a big excuse. It might just be something so small. Yes, and then eventually that's what we find ourselves saying. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Well, they didn't call me. They didn't. Amen. Let me tell you something. Um, yes, we can quote the scripture about pure religion, undefiled, visiting the widows, the afflicted, all that. Amen. But we're not robots. Okay? We're not. Pastor, even though he doesn't have a physical job that he clocks into, he's a very busy man. He stays busy. He gets up at most of the time at 5 o'clock, and if it's not 5 o'clock, whatever time he gets up, he's praying. He's studying. He's making phone calls. I mean, God forbid that he doesn't call you when you miss a service. I promise you, you are on his mind. As soon as we get here, to, got here tonight, we already know the weather is going to make, make it to where half the church ain't going to be here. There's sickness. We think about you. Amen. But if we're working, we're busy, we're distracted, and we're not giving you a phone call, you're not being separated or feeling hopeless and lonely because we didn't do our part. You're feeling that way because you didn't do your part. 
We didn't leave. You know where we're at. We're going to be here unless something crazy happens and I'm, it's coming out both ends. I'm going to be here faithful to the house of God. I'm going to be here. So if you're, feeling, if you're feeling that separation, it's not because of me. I'm here every service. Come join us. We miss you. Part of our body's not here. We have a limb missing. Amen. We're, we have fingers missing because the body's not showing up. And we can't fully function like we need to because you're not here. But don't come back to church when you come back and you're like, well, I just felt so hopeless. And I just felt like you were kicking me out and you were doing this and you were doing that. You're the one that stayed home. I'm here. You're the one that didn't show up. I came to worship God. And if you want to talk about God, he didn't leave. He's still here. We can go further, and we can go further and further and further. Amen. But don't put the blame on others. Don't cast the blame on. Don't cast it on God. Don't cast it on the pastor. Don't cast it on your neighbor. Look in the mirror. Amen. You're going to be as close. You're going to be as close as you want to be to the, to the man of God, to the house of God. Amen. To the saints of God. Hallelujah. There is a spiritual mirror that we can look into that will show us who we are. That mirror is called the Word of God. When we stray and we feel that we feel that anxiety and fear, or maybe we know, maybe yeah, we don't know if this is right or wrong. It's kind of gray, but the mirror. Go back to the mirror. What's the mirror? The only thing we have to mark up with is the Word. Period. Yes, we have a pastor. That's not what I'm saying. But I promise you, if you'll mark yourself up to the word of God, which is perfect, it's perfect. It's the infallible word of God. If you'll mark yourself up to that, you won't have to worry about your pastor or your neighbor or anybody else. That's all there is to it. Second Timothy. Second Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal. Ooh, I like that. What do, you, what do you have to do to concrete before you can use it? It's got it's to sit for a while. It's got to harden. Um, Stand is sure. Having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one of them nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What is iniquity? It's lawlessness. It means you have no restrictions, no self-discipline. But in a great house, there are, not, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and in earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. That means, that word meet there uh, means whatever the need is, you're going to meet it. You're useful, yes, for the pastor's use. And prepared, aha, here you go. You don't want to make a plan. You don't want to. You just want to fly by the seat of your pants. You want to do whatever you want to do with your time. And prepared unto every good thought. No, it said thought. 
I don't have to act on the word of God. No, it said every good work. Work is action, okay? Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But notice it says flee youthful lusts. So people who act like children... They're grown-ups, and they have no stability, and it's just here, and it's just there. And it's like, um, I'm in church one day. I'm out of church the next day. Because it says, flee youthful lust, but it says, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them. Who is them? That is us. That's the body. With them that call on the Lord with a pure heart. Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. What? What did I do? I'm sorry. There's so much good stuff in here. But let me just read that last scripture, 2 Timothy 2.22 real quick. Flee also youthful us, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace. With them that call on the Lord uh, out, of, out of a pure heart. Everybody wants to be like, love, 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 compassion, encourage. We just need to encourage everybody. We just need to, yes, I get it, okay? We don't need to be constantly here beating on people. And, Pastor, we're, we're still trying to learn. There's not heads that just ain't going to change. But all y'all that want to constantly talk about how we just need to encourage people, encourage people, follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord with a pure if you're not trying if you're not praying I don't I don't even have to be around you I don't even have to waste my time with you and, and sister Tracy I'll give you back the mic but I have never in the life of me it just baffles me how offended people get when you tell them they need to look in the Word and pray. And I'm not talking about old Joe from Kokomo who wouldn't know Adam from Jesus. Never walked in a church a day. And is, I'm talking about apostolics. They want to whine and complain about their problems. And you say your answer is in the Word and you need to pray. And they get so upset. You know why? Because... They like their problem. They want to exalt their problem bigger than the word. They don't want to look in the word to find their answer. They want to dwell on the problem. Amen. And I don't want to keep chasing rabbits and, you know, preach to the goats when, when the sheep are in here. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. But when you come to me... For advice, and when you come to Sister Tracy, she's not just my wife, but I know. And when you come to Pastor, and when you go to Sister Orton, guess what? what we're gonna guess what our advice is gonna be. Hey, you need to pray. Have you prayed? Have you read the word? Or hey, here's a scripture that might help you. That's gonna be the answer every time. And if that's not our answer, you probably need to go find yourself another church, another pastor. Amen. Don't get offended at me. Get offended at the word of God. Your solution is right here in front of your face, but you don't want it because your problem is just so big and you just want to continue to live in your problem, in your self-pity. 
You, you, there is an answer for your problem. Hey, if I could just do a, a, a Lee Stone King impression. We call him Jesus. That's not it, but amen. His name is Jesus. That's, his, that's the solution. Hallelujah. Hebrews 6 and 1, therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go. What does that even mean? Therefore leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. That's the basics. Let us go on unto perfection, which is maturity. Not laying again the foundation of repentance. We got those things down, okay? From dead works, things that are supposed to already be dead, not of our life, sin. And it says, and faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism and laying on hands and the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. We have to move on from those things. If you want to flow in the spirit, if you want God to let the gifts work in your life. That's right. That's right. You know, you know what's so sad? The American church is so spoiled we're used to the programs and the pews. and Y'all listen to that song before church? The, the Clear the Stage. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Clear the Stage by Jimmy Needham. It is so true. Jerk the decorations and the pews and whatever it takes to have revival, to get someone's attention. It says to even break your plans with people. This guy don't even really have truth. But he says... Break your plans with people and sit at home alone and wait for God to whisper. We don't like that. No, we don't like that. But here's the deal. Other countries, other countries, listen to this, it blows my mind. They, they have somebody come in, they repent, they get baptized in Jesus' name, get filled with the Holy Ghost, they start putting them through discipleship classes that don't last long, and bam, they're a pastor, and they've got 100 people. Why? Because they accept it for what it is. Here, it's, I don't want to do that. And why do we have to do that? And, ugh, I don't understand that. Because we try to look for every excuse not to obey. I listened to Brother Jake and Norton's um, podcast. And that's what he said. He said this year his focus was on change. But people say, well, how do I change? How do I change? He said the problem is it's so simple we refuse it. You just have to do it. There's no other explanation. You just have to do it. So um, when people come in here, and I get it, okay? I know it. some people, I'm not going to sit up here and be like, God's giving up on you. I'm not doing that because I'm not God, okay? But at some point, every person needs to mature. Can you say, I need to mature? I need to mature spiritually because I'm not perfect, um, every person in here, you were created, born into sin, shaped into iniquity. You know what that means? We are never going to be perfect. Perfect worldly-wise. Why? Anybody know why? Because we are incapable of being perfect. Incapable. But here's the deal. We have to let him work through us. He matures and perfects us that way. Because, see, there's a difference between us and him. He could never... Have, he can never fall. He's Jesus. He's God Almighty. He is perfect. It doesn't matter what he does. If he wants to go build a house for the first time and don't know nothing about it, he would build it perfect. Be yeah, because he knows everything. You know what I mean? He, 
But us, we're, we have that, we have that uh, built-in flaw always. It doesn't matter if we're 75 years old and we've had the Holy Ghost since we were five years old and the Spirit works through us every day and we're doing everything we can. And to our deathbed, we have to make sure that our life lines up with the Word because that's all that matters. That is our roadmap to heaven. I may not be in your shoes and you may not be in my shoes. And our storms and fights might be different. But the word of God is all that matters. Right. Good. All right. I'm going to say this and we'll wrap it up. My pastor said this and I got a, got it, a message from him. It wasn't a message he preached. It was a teaching. But I've never seen this. But I want you to leave this with you. How many knows the story in Luke 15 about the prodigal son? I want you to notice how the prodigal son spoke and what he done. Listen to this. The Bible said, The younger of, of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow from me. Give me. Do you hear that? Give me. After he got what he wanted and left and spent it on right of living and found himself in the hall pen and was broken in his spirit and repented and said, my father's got hired servants. What am I doing eating here? He rose and went to his father and then listened to what he said, praise God, just about from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Where's it at? Uh, okay. This in 15, 15 and 19. He come to his father and he arose from the father's and he and will say unto his father, I have sinned against thee and before heaven. And I am not worthy to be called a son. Now listen to what he says. Make me. He went from give me to make me. If you get the foundation right, you truly repent, you won't have no problem with submission. You're always bucking, praise God, and, and pastor telling me what to do, and the pastor's hard on me, and blah, 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 this, and that. You know what the problem is? It's you got the attitude of give me. It's entitlement. It's mine. I want, I want, I want. But when you want to be a real servant and help the kingdom of God, you'll come back and say, Make me. Make me. Make me. Man, it, it comes to a point of, of true repentance. Amen? True repentance. We've got to have true repentance. One more scripture. We'll wrap this up. We'll let you go. Amen? Um, second... Excuse me, 1 Timothy 6 and 19 says, Land up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time will come that they may lay hold on eternal life. A good foundation that they may lay hold on eternal life. When you have a good foundation, I don't care what comes your ways. I don't care what you go through, what you face. If you truly repent and you truly, praise God, 
built upon Jesus Christ, the message and the doctrine of the apostolic apostles, praise the Lord, I promise you, you're, you're, going, you're going to be strong enough structure to go through anything. You won't waver. Amen. Hello? That's the reason I, I was talking to Brother Gary today. I said, Brother Gary, I know people don't misunderstand me, take me wrong a lot of time, but I'm telling you, we've got to be strong. We, we, I, I understand. I can't trust Michael. I'm not going to give credit to the devil. The devil was defeated, praise God, over 2,000 years ago when the Lord said, it is finished. Boom. He destroyed the, the devil then. But you know what we got to destroy? What we got to overcome? One more thing. Sister Lana's dad. I've worked with him a lot, building houses, and, and he's a concrete man. But when me and him got together going pour concrete, we had a converse, we had a kind of a problem. And you got to understand, you normally have to do it Henry's way. And so, but he said, that ain't the way you pour concrete. Let me show you. I said, what are you talking about? He told me one day, he said, you'll see, concrete truck pulls up. He already orders 3,500 3, mix, PSI, that's what it is, 35,000 mix. I always get 4,000 mix with fiber. He said, I don't like to work with that fiber. I don't want that fiber. Well, I want the fiber. It costs a little extra, but it just bonds it, okay? I want the 4,000 mix too, all right? I pour my concrete. I like to pour it and work it from uh, on a, uh, you know, thump of, of four, no more than six. It's a little harder working, but I said it's a little harder working, but I think the strength of it's better. Well, one day I was working with him. We was pouring a big garage, and he said, you just help me to get it down. He said, you help me get it down, and you can run the, uh, I'll bowl float it, and I'll go over it, and then you can just uh, do the trolling machine. I said, all right. Well, he looks at this truck driver that's, you know, got 10 or 12 yards on it. He says, uh, what's it setting on? He said, oh, it's about a four. He said, put it on a 10. I looked at him. I said, do what? He said, yeah, add 20 gallons. I said, what are you doing? You already got it a less. He said, it don't matter. He said, I want a good slick finish, and I don't want to have to work it. I want it to work itself. Of course, I mean, you don't have to do anything. It, it, hey, it's self-leveling. It looks like it's coming out, nothing, no concrete at all. It looks like water. That's what we're doing. We're compromising the mix. We're compromising, praise God, the structure of it, of our doctrine. We're letting down here, letting down there. We're, we're wavering here and we're doing this and doing that. You know what? That's the reason, praise God, we're not lasting. Proven fact, when you bring concrete, all that juice up to the top, yes, you get a good, slick finish. But you know what you get after that good, slick finish? That's the first place it's going to crack.
Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website. We're doing it. We're trying our best. Praise God to put it all out. Amen. Out there on every platform we possibly can. Hallelujah. And I'm glad because the world, hallelujah, amen, needs to know that what I have, amen, is being filled with the Spirit, amen, can change their life.